Welcome to the Pioneer Podcast. I'm Matt Richards, and in this episode, I sit down and have a conversation with Chabi Patharana of Pioneer Asia. Uh, Chabi and I had had a couple different conversations, and we had some technical difficulties, so you're going to see a, a, a um, meld of two different conversations that we had in order to finish our conversation for this episode, but it was a great conversation with him. I think it'll encourage you in your walk and what you're doing in ministry. So sit back, enjoy the watch or the listen, and we'll see you on the other side. All right. So Chabi, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Um, you and I have had some conversations in the past, but uh, can you just tell um, our watchers and our listeners a little bit about yourself and who you are? Uh, thank you for having me, Matt. And uh, yeah, I am. Uh, my name is Chabi, and uh, uh, I work as a leader in Pioneer Church in Sri Lanka. Candy, uh, Candy is the kind of like central city of Sri Lanka, and the second biggest city of Sri Lanka. But second biggest in a sense, like compared to you know cities in Sri Lanka, but they are like kind of. When you compare them, uh, the candy with, uh, you know, cities in USA, this is a small town. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, like uh, the majority of Sri Lanka is like Sinhalese. The majority religion is Buddhist. Uh, Sinhalese is about, I think, little over 70%. Uh, that's okay. the race uh, uh, majority race and uh, majority religion is Buddhism. It, that is also like little over 70%. I guess Christianity is I think somewhere around 1-2% to 2%, uh, excluding Catholics. I think in, including Catholics, it would be around 5-6%. Uh, okay. And, uh, you know, I wasn't uh, always a Christian and uh, I got to know the Christ when I was uh, 20 years old. Now I'm uh, almost 41 and uh, I uh, I have been a Christian for 21 years now and uh, you know uh, I had a real difficult childhood uh, my father was like really addicted to alcohol and um, uh, you know financially I mean economically and socially uh, I did not have a you know um, happy childhood and then just because of that, uh, you know, we were looking for solutions uh, to take my uh, father out of addiction. It didn't work. We tried everything like science, cult, occult, and, you know, religious stuff. Nothing really worked. He wanted to change, but addiction was too strong. Uh, anyway, finally, we, uh, you know, my mom heard about Jesus. That's not quite common in, you know, um, uh, our lives uh, in our village, uh, as far as I remember, there were only one Christian family and they were also like kind of separated or they were like isolated kind of uh, family. Uh, so it was uh, like kind of going against the culture. I, as, as I told you, like the majority are Sinhalese. I, I represent Sinhalese. I'm, I'm coming from Sinhalese. And uh, if you are a Sinhalese, you have to be a Buddhist. So that, that's kind of like interlinked, uh, integrated. <clears throat> you can't like, it's inseparable. So when you do that, you kind of um, separated from the community. 
sometimes you can be uh, you know persecuted in different ways sometimes not physically sometimes physically um, so you don't dare to make that decision you don't be a christian uh, but we were in a situation where financially socially mentally we were like really depressed we didn't have solution so my mother wanted to try jesus in the end and when she heard about the church and she went there she didn't know anyone she was like hiding going there because it was kind of a shame for us to leave our religion but when they went there when she went there you know the pastor it was fully crowded uh, miracle service kind of a day and then he told my mother like okay i see that lady who tried everything came here let me try jesus uh, that was like a shock for my mom because she didn't knew anyone there we never been to a church before so i mean to uh, make the story short uh, she accepted jesus christ and within 6 months my father accepted jesus christ um his whole life has been changed you know i hate my father i want to kind of like if i can kill my father because that he was a that terrible guy but uh, you know now i love him the most <clears throat> he's a completely different person he's a, he's a pastor in a og church now so jesus christ changed everything in my life so i started come to ministry uh, <clears throat> to you know give my life to jesus because i have seen quite a lot of miracles in my life uh, nobody can can deny them because they are my personal experiences since then you know i started uh, serving the lord now um, you know uh, in candy city i'm uh, i'm giving the leadership to the team of this church uh, which is a very uh, small church uh, somewhere we have if everyone comes on a sunday we have about 50 people on the church um and we are um, at the moment we are more focusing on uh, building uh, disciples and leaders because uh, we believe in multiplication so we take time uh, uh, to you know raise leaders so that's what we do a uh, bit of our ministry and bit of how i came to know jesus christ <clears throat> very cool now i i looked up candy the population is about 1.5 million it looks like in, in the in the town or in the city um now you were talking about earlier that you know your mother you know because your dad's alcoholism and and struggling with the addiction was <clears throat> you know struggling uh, financially what what is like the average income for someone on a daily uh, on a yearly income for someone there uh now uh i would say <clears throat> it's uh, about uh, how much mm, 200 dollars uh a month the rough okay. average salary i would say the how how much that means like 2400 dollars annual i guess okay. that would be the income of uh, average person so, so uh, very high poverty a lot of 
addiction, I'm guessing if, you know, it, when you don't have finances, addiction tends to, to run rampant in a lot of um, areas. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, um, yeah, it is because uh, most of the young people, they don't have jobs at this moment. So when you don't have jobs, you tend to, you know, like find something to, for you to keep yourself busy. So that's what happening right now, I guess. Yeah. So uh, you have a very high unemployment. Is that what, with people? Yes, we do. I mean, They're not we employed, had hard to find jobs. Yeah, we had it all along, but, uh, you know, soon after the uh, COVID, we had a you know like financial crisis as a nation. We uh, Sri Lanka declared as a bankrupt nation early this year. So uh, we I think uh, even during COVID and after the with the crisis, we I think I've heard over a million people lost their jobs, um, jobs related to you know uh, businesses, jobs related to uh, tourism mainly I would say. Uh, so many okay. people lost their jobs. Yeah, so COVID really pushed it over the, the edge of people losing their jobs. Is that it? So what what is the, the uh, very common, um, so you said it's what, 1% Christianity and the rest is, is Buddhism? Yeah, I mean, Buddhism is, I think, somewhere around 70%, 70, 72, 73, somewhere around that. And um, okay. Hinduism and Islam is somewhere around, I guess, 12%. So which make is okay. 25, 24 something. I think 13, 12, somewhere around that. That so, means 90 something and then 4% or 5% altogether. Catholics and Christians. So you're seeing, yeah, so you're seeing a rise in, in the Muslim religion in your country. Is that correct? I I think I think it's I think it's because of the uh, what do you call the the increase of the population. Uh, they have uh, I would say their population is increasing. It's not that they are uh, converting others or anything. It's just their population is increasing, and many of mm, okay. due to financial situation, all the other I would say like I can't generalize, but all the other uh families are you know reducing their reproduction or like uh, having children so they are limited to one yeah. child uh, or maximum okay. two or some decide not to have children but that is not the case with the okay. muslim uh generally i would say so is that the government saying that you can only have one or is that just the kind of the, the way that they the, the, they're living their lives. No, no, the government does not say anything. It's just people are, uh, you know, understand that it's it's not easy to have kids and taking care of them is too expensive. It's so good to know you, brother. Yeah, it's good to talk, chat with you. You know, we chat. We've had a couple uh, quick conversation in the past, and just to to get to know each other a little bit. But um, I, I figured, you know, uh, since. I had sent you a couple questions about um, uh, who you are and different things like that. So I'd, I'd really like to just to 
for all of our viewers and listeners to get to know you a little bit. You and I have had a couple conversations a, a little bit, but even those conversations, I don't know a, a whole lot about you. So I'd like for you to kind of um, just explain who you are and, and so our viewers can kind of get to know you um, and how your relationship with Christ kind of started and where, and where you came from. Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, Sri Lanka is like, uh, is a, it's a very uh, strong Buddhist nation. And uh, we have like uh, uh, several, you know, uh, ethnicities or races lives in Sri Lanka, but the majority is Sinhalese. So I'm coming from Sinhalese, which is about 75% of the country. Okay. And uh, so the Sinhalese <clears throat> are Buddhists. So that is like kind of inseparable. So we have a uh, history over 2,500 years. So, so you know, like uh, that belief system is in now like genes yeah and so i was you, a buddhist i was so yes yeah, sorry. so that that's ingrained in your that's ingrained in your dna from generations generations so wow uh i am a Sinhalese and i was a buddhist for uh 20 20 years and you know in my I would say village and then in my family line there were no Christians and for us Christianity was uh, like our enemy who came to destroy our nation and our religion but uh, you know to make it very uh, short uh, I had a very difficult childhood. My father was like extremely alcoholic. So financially and mentally, uh, I had a really disturbed childhood. But even then we, we believed in uh, uh, my religion and our religion. And we hoped that, you know, like there'll be something good happened today, but it never happened. We used to practice, you know, like several strong uh, Buddhist practices, which we do from our childhood, chanting and doing different things and worshiping every day, expecting something would happen, something good would happen. My father would change, but it didn't happen. And then, you know, we tried all the medical stuff, cult or cultic stuff didn't happen. So it has been happening until I was like 19 years old. Uh, so we were like pretty hopeless. And by the time, like probably when I, uh, when I was a teenager, I did not believe in any religion because that was the time, like I said, I thought like in my mind, like uh, if there is a God, if there is a philosophy or power in any religion, <clears throat> that should help me. So it didn't help. So I gave up. Like I, I wouldn't say I, uh, uh, you know, um, I became a, uh, I completed <coughs> disbelief in Buddhism. 
but I was hopeless. And then, you know, somehow my mother came to know about Jesus. Uh, and uh, they said, uh, see, we tried everything. Let us, you know, even though it's a shame, but we'll try this as well. So she went to a church. It seems like, a, you know, like a, quite a charismatic place where they had their, it wasn't a Sunday, they had their uh, fasting prayer, miracle, you know, uh, miracle day or something. And then yeah. she was outside, it was fully crowded. And then, you know, there were no one, like we knew, like, uh, I mean, I wasn't there. My mother and two sisters were there. Uh, they went to the church without knowing my father because he was like really aggressive as well. And uh, the pastor said, that lady outside the door who's waiting outside the door has gone to everywhere, tried everything. Now here today, she she's here today. Uh, to You know, we tried everything. Let's try Jesus. That's, that's her thought. She was like amazed and she was looking, is there anyone whom I know? But there were no one, like, we didn't know anyone, any Christians. So since then, she and my school sister started believing and they started praying. Uh, so, you know, miraculously, unknown person came uh, to my home and spread the gospel with my father. And then he accepted Jesus as well. <clears throat> That's awesome. That's very cool. It's it's so, very cool like, to see that. So many, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are so many details to that. Like my father is a well-known person in my village, like very notorious, angry, like he don't care about anyone, like that kind of person. He had two court cases by beating policemen. So he worked for the government uh, bank security. He worked as a government bank security. But, uh, you know, he was like really angry guy <clears throat> and even he was drunk no one can control him so suddenly you know he accepted Christ and then they all started going to church I mean I'm making it very fast but otherwise it's a very nice story to even make a film there are so many details to make it really you know uh, interesting but and then I was the last like I I, I said, okay, but I was happy. My father is, is a changed person. I said, you know, you guys, uh, you know, I'm happy about you guys, but they keep on in, you know, invited me. Well, one day I decided like six months later, I decided, okay, let me go and see what's happening in on the church. But uh, from that day onwards, you know, like I didn't miss a church like, uh, if it's a like really sick day or if I'm really far away, otherwise, you know, I won't miss the church. So that's, that's my life now. Very cool. It sounds like your mom had a uh, word of knowledge that, that, uh, pastor spoke a word of knowledge and, you know, called that basically called your mom out and said, Hey, you've looked for everything. You've looked in every religion, every type of thing. And it sounds like you were saying how they would try everything. They would chant. They would say everything. It kind of reminds me of Elijah when he was on the Mount with the, the uh, prophets of Baal doing everything they possibly could to get their God to answer them. And then Elijah calls out to God and God answers him immediately and just, you know, gives him that sign that, you know, this is God, this is the one true God. And it's so cool that, you know, 
your mother had that experience and that man, God prompted that, that pastor to call, call out your mom and say, Hey, you've looked for everything. And I, I'm pretty sure that that changed what she was expecting to see when she went into that church. I mean, of course, like we've never experienced <clears throat> that kind of thing, you know, like uh, whatever you have done, whatever you've been thinking and suddenly this unknown person, unknown, like unfamiliar place, <laughs> you go there, like suddenly someone say, hey, you're here because <laughs> of this. And then, you know, you can't, uh, you know, when you, when something like that happened, you know, uh, you know, you started believing, okay, that there should be a God, otherwise nobody knows what yeah. happened, really happened in my life, uh, except me and my children. So, uh, so that really changed our, you know, otherwise it's, it's not easy to change our way of thinking. Like we, we were not ready to give up our, our religion. Yeah. You know, like as, as I, said to you uh, when we started our conversation, it's inseparable. Yeah. So if your your religion is pr pretty much what you said, 70% of the people there. So yeah, how... Yeah, a little over 70%, I guess. Yeah. So how does that, how does Christianity, uh, how is it accepted in your country? Well, uh, we have some uh, prehistoric uh, evidence that uh, some missionaries or some people came to this uh, island nation. But uh, when we see the strongest evidence, it was it happened like 500 years ago when the when uh, Dutch and English and there were some other nation they came to yeah. capture the country for the colonization, and then they started, uh, you know spreading the gospel, but not in the way on the Bible. They like started treating people, you know, yeah. like this or the other, like uh, if you want to be a Christian, you can live a good life. Otherwise it will be difficult for you because, uh, you know, like forcefully, yeah, it's like you have to become a Christian. Otherwise you're not accepted. Yeah. So it was really forceful. I think that, that is one main reason, like Buddhism came to Sri Lanka through India uh, 2,500 years ago, but the way Buddhism like, came into Sri Lanka, the Buddhist missionaries, the, the, uh, they came to Sri Lanka and how they started the conversation, how they spread the uh, Buddhism was like really peacefully and like really, uh, you know, intellectual way, but Christianity was not. So that really affect until now in this nation, like yeah. uh, how they started doing that. So you got your family gets your mom gets saved, your sister gets saved, your dad finally gets saved. Then what was your experience? I mean, you was it just like, <laughs> oh, I just got I my parents introduced me or was this a, a, a long, hard fought battle for your parents praying for you? I think they've been praying for me. Uh, I was at peace about them, but I was not at peace about myself. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have a hope or like I was in a bit of confusing stage and they've been invited, inviting me like I was 20 years old, like a uh, young man. And then 
I just came to see what's happening then. I came on a day they, where they had a, a youth day. So they had a lot of youth, young people. So they had this uh, sports day. I, I went there with two of my you know, friends. And then I really liked the friendship and how people you know, like responded to me. Like they came to me, hey, I, I, you know, we were expecting you, you know, we'll be praying for you. And so many things like, oh, you guys know me. Like, I was like, <laughs> the way, like, really warm, welcome, and there were like over 500 people on that place. Yeah. On that, and then they, you know, like, I thought, okay, let me go and see what's happening on Sunday. And they invited me, I went there alone without my friends, and then again, they welcomed me. And then, uh, you know, during the worship, uh, like I felt something different here. Like I felt the peace. I, you know, now I know that's that's the spirit of the Lord. Like I felt something, you know, like happening inside me, you yeah. know, like dragging me in, uh, like my like whole being, like dragging there, ex experience the peace I never experienced. So just to feel that, just to experience that, I started going there. For about six months and after six months i you know like suddenly i was thinking of uh, <clears throat> how can i bring more people to experience this what can i do more so i was suddenly thinking what am i thinking like i just came here to see what's happened here <laughs> happening here now i'm thinking what can i do and uh, how can i bring more people how can i say this to others so I would say within I, I I'm 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 still I, I still remember the uh, you know it was after six months I was thinking like I didn't know how the six months passed like I was keep on going every day I wanted to go there and then not just on Sundays even on weekdays we had I mean they had quite a lot of youth stuff going on I was there like. Whenever I had time, I just wanted to go there. And then I realized like, you know, I've experienced Christ. This is, this is where I belong. I think that's where I, I felt like it, it didn't happen like suddenly on day one, but it was a process. And then I realized, you know, I can't leave this place. This is where I belong. Yeah. So that's what happened to me. Like, uh, I think after six years, I, uh, I've started seeing, I mean, during those six months, I've started seeing uh, the things I should, you know, give up, uh, uh, the things I should adapt. So uh, I think a lot has changed in my life uh, during those six months. And then, uh, you know, I made my decision. That's very cool. Very cool. So you're born again, your family is born again. You know, you, you, what, what did you start to see? after your family started, you know, they were born again, you accepted Christ. How did your life change? What did you see after you made that, that choice to follow him? Did it, was it immediately different? Did you feel called to, you know, do something? What, how did that, how, how was your life after that? Well, um, we were uh, like financially struggling and as a family and socially we were struggling uh, you know, 
we have seen a big change in my father's life he has never stopped drinking even one day uh, i mean throughout uh, 20 years of my life and uh, whenever he drink he is like becoming really abusive he is not drinking i mean we you seen him you know without drink in the mornings like he was waiting for bars to open yeah he was a very nice guy you know believe me i wanted to kill him i was planning to kill him when i was a teenager uh, wow. it was only that uh, i was thinking i'm the only son then you know if i go to jail it will be very difficult for my family that was the only thought like holding me like i was ready like i was expecting him to die one way or the other like accident or whatever because didn't happen but from the day one i've seen a change on him like he was trying for the first time but it didn't happen on the day on, on the first day it was a process for a uh, for but he reduced it he never have done that he reduced it so he was he was going to church he was praying he was worshiping and asking the lord but the abusive bit of his life has reduced like dramatically dramatically extremely like probably from the day one probably the abusive part was like reduced to 50% wow completely that's amazing that was a huge difference a huge difference and he wanted to change his life it was huge difference and to make it short now he's a pastor in assemblies of god church he has been wow. ministering now 18 years wow so, that's awesome so yeah to make it short like i love him the most now in this world he's yeah. the he's the best person is in this world now so i don't need anything else to uh, prove myself or to say others like the pastor who spoke to my mom the word of knowledge that was a concrete you know evidence and then my father like his his brothers the police the his you know superiors in his job or nobody like his parents nobody could change him <laughs> he knows that yeah he goes around and you know says that to people like he, people whom he you know associated were all also like him so he is well known in his area like you know those kind of people so he's yeah. a pastor now he's 70 years old like ah oh, man he is a very lovely person now so and you know uh we were literally homeless uh soon after we accepted i mean even on that point we were on rent rented houses but because of my father's behaviors he had several court cases because of that we lost his job and then we couldn't afford a house so we were homeless wow but this happened when you accepted the christ one year later so thank god we had this concrete evidences in our lives that didn't disturb ourselves like we we were started praying more we thought okay this we 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 knew that this is a uh, you know this is a this is something from uh, the the satan that he wanted to you know like test us yeah and and uh, anyway cut this short like um, uh there were so many miracles happened my father completely stopped his drinking and we have been given uh, land for free by uh, our grandmother uh, and so many things happened now now my parents lives 
on a nice house which they built uh, during these few years. So our lives has been like ups and down since we came to know the Christ. And when it comes to me, like uh, as I said, I was hopeless. Yeah. So during those six months, without even even knowing, like God has keep on filling my you know heart with so many things I should do. So that's when I uh, captured the purpose of my life, and that gave me a hope to you know live and serve the Lord. Yeah. So since then I was you know following and uh, you know having the mass goals in my life and. Running behind them. That's very cool. So, so what made you decide to to go into the ministry? Was it just uh, you, your dad did it, and you're like, I'm going to follow, or was it was there a moment that God no, called you? <laughs> no, actually, my father's uh, joined ministry a year later than me. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so, as I said, I was after six months, I was like. Strongly bonded with the church youth, I was thinking, you know, my you know head was full of ideas of what should I do. Yeah. So I was really passionate of this thing, like this newfound thing. I mean, there are so many things I should do. So many things, like, like in my, I mean, in me that I should, I should do this. I should do this. I mean, so many creative ideas. And I didn't know what to do because uh, you know um, I was part of AOG Church, uh, and if you want to do something in the church, like you need to be become a pastor. Yeah. You know, like I didn't want to be a pastor. You know, I want uh, I didn't want to become a clergy or a priest. You know, but I had this passion for. For young people and for others, I mean, like how creatively, uh, you know, say this to others, and uh, mainly, mainly, uh, my heart was about, um, you know, now I know the word, but at then I didn't understand how, uh, you know, to bring about transformation. You know, I've understood, and I've seen the transformation transformation happen in my life, not just mentally, not just spiritually. You know, like holistic transformation happened in my life. So That's I want, cool. you know, if if that happened in you know other people's lives, then then you know this whole country uh, can be easily transformed. So so that thought process was in me. Like, uh, I mean. Uh, I mean, it, it was, I don't know, uh, probably in the first six months, you know, like suddenly I was a different person. I had all these thoughts in my heart, so I didn't know how to, you know, respond. The only way to do that to become a pastor. So I didn't want to become a pastor. So um, I tried whatever I could. Do uh, by becoming a part of church leadership, church youth leadership team. So probably uh, uh, after after the first year, I became uh, a youth leader of this church. Like this church had a huge uh, youth team, a little over three hundred, as far as I remember. That's wow. just single east. That's just single east. The Tamils and English speaking crowd all together would have. 
500 people. So wow, that was that was fast to become a, a part of youth leadership team within the first year. Yeah. Was probably unheard of it. But I did whatever I could do, but I understood this is not enough. But I didn't want to become a pastor because that was not the life I expected. So, so I was, uh, I was clueless at that, at that point. <laughs> I think when we're all born again and young, we're all clueless. And then, you know, we find someone who teaches us and mentors us and directs us in the, the right way to say things to draw people to God instead of the, the, the fear and the, the hell and the, the damnation part of it in the Bible. They, they teach you how to be a little more eloquent in your speaking. But so, so you went from youth ministry to then what, what, what happened? I mean, tell, tell us more. I want to know. Uh, this is good. <laughs> okay. Um, what happened next? Uh, I was speaking to quite a lot of leaders in the church um, regarding what happens in uh, in me and many did not understand uh, they all invited me to okay why don't you join the training to become a, a servant of the Lord uh, was at the time called Timothy and training in mm, the AOG church yeah. so I've seen how the training goes going on and I didn't want to be part of that. <laughs> uh, it was tough. It was good, but it was tough. Uh, it was not the life I was expecting, you know, and then you have to change the way you dress or, you know, your hairstyles and the fashion. I mean, quite a lot of things like lifestyle. And the one thing was like, I've started seeing the life, uh, uh, you know, becomes more boring. I thought life with the Christ was more like exciting. Uh, that that probably was the one thing that I didn't want to become a pastor or, or a minister. And then since like, you know, they, they I mean, the uh, church and the leadership understood the calling in me and then they, they, they really supported me, but they knew only, you know, uh, one thing, one thing only that, okay, why don't we join this training and become a pastor? But uh, our youth leader at the time, he, he was a AOG pastor called Dinesh. He was such a lovely guy. Probably he was one reason that uh, uh, I'm, I'm here today and I became a Christian. Uh, and such a lovely spirit. He, he told me, okay, like... Normally, uh, a pastor won't do that. Uh, there is another pastor called David, who's my friend from another AOG church. I think he'll understand if he said. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, during a youth camp, uh, I've been introduced to this person called David, who was like two years older than me, but he, he was in a different level. And I started having a good relationship with him. I was, you know, sharing, uh, you know, the things I had in me. Uh, he seems underst understood, you know, what's happening in my life. I mean, it has been happening for about um, three years. <laughs> has been happening around three years. And then 
one day i was like really uh confused or didn't know how to like take all these things out one option is to become a pastor and uh i felt like i wanted to do something else and uh, out of this confusion uh, i called david and he said okay no worry you know, come and see me i didn't have money those days like not a penny in my hand i was 24 years i tried different jobs and whenever something happens in the church with the youth if i did not get a off you know i leave the job and i come and do the youth work so that was that was how i reacted at that point and then you know he called me and i went uh, went to see him i had to like he said okay come to this point and you know uh, get into three wheeler tuk tuk like small taxi three, three wheels taxi uh, he said i'll pay for the taxi uh, and i came there i couldn't find any taxi on that day i had to walk 4 kilometers i ran 4 kilometers <laughs> uh, i was like sweating and then he said come down and we had the chat and i remember just like today i was wearing a cap he asked me to remove the cap and he had this uh, cup of oil in his hand he poured that oil into my head and prayed over me uh, and saying uh, god has uh, uh, an anointed you to become an apostle for this generation uh, and i pray and anoint you and release release the gift he was explaining me uh, what's the role of uh, an apostle but i didn't understand anything at that point but i <laughs> i never you know heard anything like that before but i understood that he understood yeah. <laughs> uh, what's happening in my life and then but i felt the freedom you know like i i feel someone understood me and then i came home and uh, you know he was saying okay even though god is going to do this through you through you you need to allow the system to take you through because god is in control so i came back i joined the assemblies of god training uh 2006 uh january 1st and then uh, you know i was there for 6 months and then i requested assemblies of god church to transfer me to the the other eog church where the david was the leader because you know in a nice way i understood that i can't be here anymore it's, it's, it's so you know i understand that i understand there's 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 people in the church and then there's yeah. your people in the church and that sounds so, like know, david was one of your people of course so so see i it was very difficult because i was these people for four years they took care of me they were so yeah. lovely people there's nothing wrong in them yeah it was just me i couldn't control myself because of the things which i think uh, you know i know that when when something i mean when lord is doing something in your life there is control i'm not saying that i was like not in control but i i knew something more than this so that's that yeah. should be the right word yeah so so i i went to david i spent him uh, spent uh uh 4 years with him since then 4 oh. years he he has been training me you know under uh, you know like he understood the calling in me uh you know uh, 
so he 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 was probably one of the pioneers uh, uh, about apostolic ministry in Sri Lanka. Uh, he was part of this uh, uh, fivefold ministry network, apostolic network, uh, which comes from USA. Um, you know, the, probably uh, the team, uh, the apostolic table involved uh, with the people, many people from USA. I wonder whether you heard people like Barbara Wendrobel, uh, Chuck Pierce, Jim Hodges, all yeah. these people were in the network. So he was part of that somehow. Like, so he was a he was he was part of uh, you know apostolic ministry, even though he was part of Assemblies of God Church at mm. the time. I mean, even at that point, Assembly of not just Assemblies of God Church, many churches, they they knew the teachings around fivefold ministry. But nobody really practiced it. Nobody really yeah. believed it. So, so yeah. that I mean, yeah, I would, learning I would about fivefold ministry. If if we, if you are, ah, that's nothing new. Everyone knows that. But it's really new when it comes to you know practicing fivefold ministry. Uh, yes, it, it, that's a, a lot of churches will talk about it. They talk about the fivefold, but they they don't operate in it because. In, in especially in American culture, it's the pastor that is the leader of the church, and you know the apostle, the prophet. In well, that's a a topic they don't really want to talk about. But we talk about the yeah. pastor, teacher, evangelist, and you know that shepherding. But they don't really want to talk about that because a lot of people don't understand it. They don't understand what the call of the apostle and uh, the prophet are for the church because it's uncomfortable. Because it makes people uncomfortable because they're constantly looking where God is going and where God is leading and following after. And the pastor's like, well, we got to keep everybody happy. We want to make sure they're all safe and nothing's too too chaotic for them. No, of course, taking care of people, that's uh, the day-to-day life. Like that's, that's important too, but it's, we have seen the threefold ministry. It's, it's, it's pretty similar even today. It's uh, after to 20 years, it's still the same. Uh, you see three, threefold ministry uh, uh, in, in rare cases, you see, uh, you know, prophetic gifts or prophets involved, but very rarely you see the apostolic ministry. I mean, we have seen the extremes also, like people uh, love having titles in front of their names, like having yeah. their names like apostles, reverends, doctors. <laughs> Prophets, generals, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. That's that's Bish- another extreme. Bishop. Bishop. <laughs> yeah. Archbishop. I mean, yeah. uh, thank God uh, the, the the evangelical or charismatic church doesn't use Pope as a title. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's one so, extreme, but yeah. Yeah. So you feel this call to go into ministry. You're with David for what? Probably almost six years then total. Uh, four years. Four years four, with I'm him. I'm sorry. Four, four years yes, with him, and, and, and you're feeling this and, call and to, tra- to move. Yes, and the, I mean during uh, that time, even he did not use. I mean, he gave me the training to uh, do everything, like be a pastor, how to take care of, you know. Uh, the the believers uh, how to be a real pa- good pastor and you know like every bit of it like and then how to become a good teacher and send me to a bible college and 
you know like uh, how to preach the gospel and you know if everything because uh, uh, he you know he understood the the way the sri lankan church operates so he didn't want me to like uh, lose myself like oh like uh, what do you call it lost myself where you know i don't know anything uh, when i go into uh, the life of ministry i mean even during that time so many great things happened like since he was part of these several apostolic networks people like several i had the opportunity to meet several uh, people who pioneered uh, apostolic ministry in sri lanka and some uh, some of the people like barbara avendrobel and different other people from usa and several people out of them like came and you know when they started praying for me they said okay i see an apostle i see a gift of apostolic lays on you like four times i've heard that clearly nobody no one else you know said any other giftings but these people they didn't know i mean many of them they didn't know me they didn't know what i you know was passionate about it was strong and clear message from them that the what the gift uh, god has given uh, the role god has given to me when it comes to fivefold ministry and Very and cool. then i and then i uh, had the opportunity to do my bachelor's degree uh, and scholarship in uk uh, so uh, i came out to uk uh, and studied two years 2012 end of 2012 i came back to sri lanka and then i had you know this decision to make uh, am i going to continually work with uh, david in katuga sota because you know i uh you know he understands me and uh, there was another opportunity for us to plant a new ministry in sri lanka so i had this uh, discussion with david and we, i mean it wasn't easy to leave a, uh, i mean not leaving but in a way it's leaving leave a man who's like uh, very close to my heart uh, who's like uh, you know uh, who is like a brother who was like a brother who is who will be a brother to me forever um it was a very difficult uh, decision but i knew that god wants me to come out of uh, that structure and want to you know do whatever god asked me to do so 2012 uh, 2013 we started planting a, a new church in sri lanka uh, called uh, new horizons christian fellowship which uh, which was part of the network which i studied in uk and um, you know but the first 2013 to 2015 it was a very difficult time uh, even uh, even uh, with with the people uh, you know their way and understanding was different my way and understanding was different it was a team ministry so many clashes happened and then you know i had to come out i had to come out and we planted this uh, church in 2015 august uh, yeah. i mean to be honest we planted a family not a church yeah. i planted a family yeah. we believe in uh, team ministry and uh, you know we we uh, uh, from the from even from the beginning we uh, started recognizing uh, the the gifts in the church and try to operate as a fivefold um, ministry practicing church 
and now uh, we've been going through this road for seven years uh, Lord has been doing amazing things in our church and in the leadership team that's awesome it's, it's funny because uh, I was born in 1980 and <laughs> 1980 and I was how old was I we planted in 2013, our church in 2013, in uh, a little meeting space, probably 25 feet by 30 feet. It was a library. Our local library had a, a little meeting space. And in 2013, we planted our, the, the church and it was like, you know, 12 people, 13 people, you know, just something small, but it's the it's the small beginnings that are the exciting part of what God is going to do. And, um, yeah, I was 33, yeah, 33 when I planted our church, we had been doing ministry for, uh, gosh, Sarah and I, my wife and I were talking, um, 24 or 23 years now, like just even like we were serving in our local church together, even before we were married. I mean, we were engaged in serving in our, local church and like, but just uh, looking back at it, it was like, you know, I look back and it's been 10 years of, you know, ups and downs, but you know, it was, it, it's an adventure though. I love it. It's just like, you never know what's going to happen. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. You know, there's, there's, you know, tragedy that it, the, the people that are part of your family and, you know, and, but that's, I like what you said, the church, you've created a family. You created a family that God designed the church to be. It, because if you look at Acts, he created a church, but it wasn't just a church that showed up on a Sunday only and said hi to each other and drank coffee and then saw each other a week later. This was a family that broke bread together and uh, rejoiced together, and wept together and sang together and prayed together and and I think that's what God designed the church to be is, is a family, but a, a family that is willing to get up and move like he asked them to. No, of course, of course, yes. I mean, uh, as I said, like, uh, when I made the decision to come out of the, come out of the AOG church, which was not an easy choice. One reason was David. He was really close to my heart. And the second one is like, who wants to leave a well, you know, you know, uh, an organize, organization like AOG, you know, yeah. uh, well known, you have the protection and everything. Who wants the finances leave? behind uh, everything and finance, you know, a lot yeah. of security. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then when I made my decision and the first two years was a mess, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, ah, but still, learn a lot. <clears throat> learn a lot. Learn and, a lot. Uh, and then, as I said, when we planted the church in 2015, from the beginning again, and uh, <laughs> you know that, like, it was about some days, like, me and my wife and three more, three other people, like five people, <laughs> six people. Yeah. Do not feel like preaching from yeah. the, like, having the, you know, in front, standing in front of, with the pulpit, no, you know, you just sit around and have a chat and yeah. then no instruments, no money, you know, some days we'll have this small, like a Congo drum. Some days we didn't have that. I, I didn't know how to play that even, you know, 
is this what you wanted to do by coming out of AOG and is this what you were passionate about? Hey, thanks for joining us on the Pioneer Podcast. We really appreciate you tuning in. If this encouraged you, share it with somebody and until next episode, God bless.